Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. to a school, Christian school, to talk about reading scripture, reading the Bible. So when I got into the classroom, I figured it'd be a good time to see what they knew, so I figured I'd start them off with a question. So I asked them, uh, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? It was just absolute silence in the room, so... I started looking around, you know, I tried to make eye contact, right, as a teacher, you know, see, you know, is, are they just being shy, you know, or what? And my eyes caught one of the students in the back, and he said, don't look at me, I didn't do it. <laughs> so I kind of looked around the room, and I could see in the faces, it was like, not me, not me. I said, uh-oh, so... I I took a look at the teacher, and the teacher said, these are all pretty good kids. I don't think anybody would have done anything bad. (laughs) So word of this got to the principal. And so I had a meeting with the principal, and the principal said, we have really good kids in this school. I don't think anybody would have done anything that would have been any damage. So about a week later... It got to the school board, and they had a meeting at the school board, and they invited me in and said, you know, uh, if if there's any damage, we do have a fund that we could pay for that. (laughs) You know, Hosea, I think it's 4-6, says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And, you know, we, we laugh about these, these things. It's a made-up story, but, you, we, you know, kind of laugh about it and say, you know, it, it's kind of funny, but it, at the same time, it's not. You know, because there are so many people that just don't know what Scripture is all about. You know, we're very fortunate we're going to be, you know, delving into, again, the Gospels, the Gospel message, and uh, hopefully it's changing our lives, and hopefully today what we hear will change it even a little bit further. So, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every blessing that you bestow upon us, Lord. We, we thank you for the gospel message. We thank you that uh, you did come and live in this life that you had suffered and died for us, that while you were on this life, you were showing us how to live. And, and Lord, we, we're going to look into some more of your life today. And as we do, Lord, that uh, to enjoy uh, some of the things, some of the aspects of uh, what you went through in your life, Lord, and how that would help us out in our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that. It titled my message today, The Gospel and Spiritual Battles. And the reason why I did that is that Jesus um, went through spiritual battles, and he dealt with a lot of people who went through spiritual battles. I mean, uh, Jesus went through it with the, uh, the devil and 
when he was fasting and, and praying for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil was tempting him. So Jesus had to deal with that in, in, in that realm. But he dealt with a lot of people that were in the midst of spiritual battles. And what we want to do is look at how Jesus dealt with that and then take that into our own lives because hopefully there's nobody in here that is going to say, I never went through a spiritual battle, you know, because, because we do. We, we just, it's just one of those things. But there's, there's some things that we have to understand about spiritual battles. There is a, a, a such thing as possession or demonic possession, and there is such things as oppression or demonic oppression. And sometimes we use the words interchangeably like they're the same. And they are not. And, and we want to understand that before we even move into, well, how, you know, how, how is this going to help us? So uh, I want to look at, uh, first I'm going to go into the book of Mark, uh, chapter 5, and just show you a little bit about uh, some of the things that Jesus dealt with and see if we can understand that that difference. All right? As long as we understand that difference, it's going to help us out in our own lives. So right in verse 1, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Okay, so here's a man that's full of demons, all right? We can see it in in what's coming out of his mouth. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And this is what Jesus is saying. And then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. And then it it goes on to say that there was a large herd of swine. Uh, I remember reading this to my kids when they were little. It was the best story they ever heard, you know. Oh, went into the pigs, and the pigs ran down to the river, and all drowned in in the river, and they thought that was hysterical. But we see here demonic possession. Okay, this this man was possessed by a demon, and what did Jesus do? He he told the legions to leave. I, I heard somebody uh, ask, why, why did Jesus allow them to go into the swine? You know, what was the the purpose of that? And uh, I don't think anybody knows for sure, but the reason they thought it might have been is because when you call out a demonic spirit from somebody. That demonic spirit fights to stay in there. But because the, the, the legion, the, the demonic spirits were allowed to go into something else, they come out much more easily. So it was really for the man that he didn't, wasn't so tormented. So whether or not that's accurate or not, we'll, I guess we'll never know, but um, maybe in heaven we will. But um, that's the, the demonic possession that we, that we are talk about, talking about. 
this was one of the things that was part of Jesus' ministry, and it said it right in uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone's looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. It was one of the reasons why Jesus came. You know, he was, he was casting out demons, people who were demon possessed. Right? So that is possession. Okay? Now that's very different from demonic oppression. All right, now let's let's take a look at demonic oppression and you'll see the difference. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. And I'm going to start in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Okay, well here's Peter rebuking Jesus. Whoa. Saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, Peter's probably thinking, you know, I'm going to protect Jesus. You know, But Jesus turns around and says to Peter, and he doesn't say, get behind me, Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. See, this is more demonic oppression. All right? Peter's not possessed by a demon, but he's being oppressed. He's being led, obviously, by Satan, because why would Jesus have said, get behind me, Satan? Okay? So we see that there's a difference here. Uh, there's always this question that, that people asked, right? Can a, a Christian be possessed by a demon? And the answer to that is no. I mean, if you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot be, have demonic possession. You cannot have a demon that's living inside of you, right? At the same time that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. But can a Christian be oppressed? By a demon. Now that's from the outside. It's not inside. They're not living within us. But yes, we, they, we can be oppressed by demons. And somebody um, once gave me a picture of this, and I, I thought it was it was pretty good. They said our body is is like a hotel that has many many rooms in it. When we give our lives to the Lord, we give over most of those rooms to the Lord. But sometimes we hold some back. There are some things that we don't feel maybe that we're not ready for it. Like maybe maybe we still have a problem with anger. Okay? So we you know have not really given that over to the Lord so that there are times when maybe, you know, we we Maybe try to control our anger, but there are some certain times when we just give in and say, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Sometimes we get, it happens to me. I get frustrated sometimes with people. A lot of times when I'm on the phone and I'm talking to 
a company person, and you know, and they just frustrating you to no end because they don't want to, you know, do what you what you're asking them to do, and you know, you, it just gets to the point where you're so frustrated and you give in to that frustration, that anger, and that's a um, that's something where you know it's a it's a room in the hotel that. We're still working on, but we haven't totally yielded that to the Lord. Um, somebody might give their hearts to the Lord, but they're still having an issue with pornography. You know, that's an, it's an extreme, but that can that can happen. It doesn't mean you didn't give your life to the Lord because you're still dealing with that. But again, it's a room. Now that room allows the devil in. It's an opening for Satan. Because the Satan will take any opening in our life that we allow him to. So we could have 20 rooms, give 19 of them over to the Lord. We have this one room that we're still dealing with. We're still dealing with issues and problems. And Satan will take that. And, you know, that's where the demon oppression will come in. And demons can figure out where our weaknesses are just by watching us. You know, it's just like we have angels around us. We have demons also watching what we're doing. And when we react to certain things, they watch that. They see that. They know that that's a weakness. And that's where they'll try and tempt you because um, they might, you know, you, you, you have certain things that you're really, really strong in. I don't even know if the demon would bother tempting you in some of those things because, you know, we're really strong in that. But in the weaker areas, we're not. What are some of the things that can cause this oppression in our lives? Sometimes it's things that are not really even our own fault, but they're there and they need to be recognized. Let's just go to Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to go there very quickly. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5, part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not bow down to them. You're talking about carved images from verse 4. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. To the third and fourth generation. So how far back does that go? We're thinking of great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents that far back. I don't know anything about my great-grandparents or my great-great-grandparents. Um, my parents never really spoke that much about them. So if there is some iniquity that they had in their life and it was passed down to me, I have to figure that out somewhere along the line. I might notice that in certain things. There's certain things I did know. My grandparents, two of my grandparents were alcoholics. Okay, my dad was an alcoholic. I have two brothers that are alcoholics. So you can see that iniquity being passed down through the family line. I don't know how how much further it went back. I had to break that in Jesus' name so that that would not be passed on down to my children. Okay, because that's one of those rooms in the hotel that would be open for Satan. It would be an opening uh, for them. Uh, to go through. It's an opening for me. I didn't ever seem to have an, an issue with it. Right? Right? When I was younger, I did drink a lot. But when I drank, I also got sick. 
physically sick. So it was like just not a temptation for me to to ever to ever get drunk because I know I'm going to get sick. And it was like, who needs that? But I have two brothers that don't have those issues, and they they drink they drink like fish, and they're basically alcoholics. Okay, so that is one type. The sins of the fathers can be passed down to down to the third and fourth generation. So we can have that open door in the hotel, but at the, at the, at the, uh, it's not our fault. It might not be something, anything that we did, but it's there, and our job now would be to uh, recognize that because without recognizing it, we won't never be able to deal with it. But once it's recognized... You know, we'll, we could talk further about how, how to go about doing this, but there is a way in repentance of just overcoming these things and getting them behind you. Uh, the alcoholism that I talked about, I had to repent of that. Now, I'm not an alcoholic, and I, it wasn't because of me, but it's because of what's being passed down in the family line. And we have to understand that we have to break that in repentance so that it doesn't become an issue in, in our lives. Okay, the next possible cause, disobedience. Okay, if we're constantly disobedient, if we, um, you know, God tells us not to get drunk, but we just go out and do it anyway. Now, can a Christian go out and get drunk? Of course. Okay, it's not recommended, but people could do it. All right, and if you continually do that, you're not giving that over to the Lord, that's an opening for Satan. Okay, drugs, pornography, all those things can be openings. The next thing, if you have somebody who has a traumatic experience in their life, can lead to an open door for Satan to come in. For example, you could have a very frightening experience as, as a young person, maybe when you were three or four years old. Something happens that frightens you, that really, really frightens you a lot. Okay, and then, you know, eventually you forget about it. But as you're getting older, you realize that you're dealing with maybe a spirit of fear. I was dealing with a spirit of fear. All right? And I had, to, I had to break that. I don't know what caused that. I think my mom had a nervous, two nervous breakdowns when I was younger and when I was growing up. And I think that influenced me in some way. But... Um, that traumatic experience can open that door to maybe a spirit of fear or something like that. And it's something that, again, as an adult, you start realizing, I'm, I'm dealing with this all the time. And that has to be repented of and broken up. Next reason that, that could cause it, okay, involvement in the occult, fortune telling, yoga, or anything that leads you into that Middle Eastern type of uh, religious uh, experience. All of those things, you know, God, God tells us not to leave any opening uh, for Satan in that. And the last thing, uh, it's not really the last, but it's the last thing that I thought of, was backsliding, okay? We can, you know, be doing really, really well, and all of a sudden we fall back into an old pattern, whatever that old sin might be. But that backsliding, again, can open that door to it. So what can this oppression do in our lives? 
All right, and there's various things. I, I just came up with five things because uh, Scripture tells us a, um, a lot of a lot of them, and we'll talk. It. One of the things it can do is that it can cause sickness in our life. Let's look at Luke chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 11, and it says, "Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years." and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath. And the Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So what not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? So Jesus is saying that the spirit, this woman had a spirit of infirmity, and that's what caused her sickness for the last 18 years. And Jesus drove out that spirit, and the, the, the sickness was gone. Now, if you look throughout Scripture, uh, there were other times, other times when Jesus performed a miracle in, in healing, when he did not drive out a demon. He just healed the person. So we have to understand that because somebody's sick, it doesn't automatically mean they have a demon or they're being influenced by a demon. Okay? It could be, and that's where spiritual discernment comes in. But there were many miracles where Jesus would heal people and, you know, didn't drive out a demon. So it's, it's not you know, one and the same thing. But having a spirit of infirmity can cause sickness. Okay, second thing I, I just wrote down. It weighs us in. Having this spiritual oppression constantly, and we don't seem to be getting anywhere. Did, do we ever feel stuck? You know, we're, we just don't seem to be growing. You know, I've been trying, reading my scripture and, and you know, praying every day and, and I just feel like I'm not really getting any further. Well, it could be that this demonic oppression here, it's weighing us down, it's distracting us or can deceive us into thinking one thing is of God and really is not. The next thing, it can make us ineffective or unfruitful in what we're doing. We're trying to accomplish things spiritually and we're, we're just, it's, we're not, there's no fruit in it. You know, we're, we are measured by God by the fruit that we produce. And if we're, you know, not producing any fruit, it could be because of that demonic oppression. I put down, uh, 2 Peter 1, 8. Let me just take a look and see. I have a scripture there that might Help us with. 
Yeah, he, he says here in one eight, he says, For if these things are yours and abound, and he's talking about all uh, these uh, gifts of knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. And he says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because God doesn't want us to be unfruitful. He wants us, he wants that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Next thing that oppression can do, it can minimize the work that we do. God gives us work. He says in Psalm 90:17 uh, that he establishes the work of our hands. He gives us things to do. Demonic oppression can minimize that. In other words, we don't get to do or we don't accomplish as much in the work that we're supposed to be doing. And the last thing that I wrote down, it's a lack of peace. Okay, uh, God says, be anxious for nothing, but with everything in prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, we're looking for freedom in our lives. Okay, if we have a lot of demonic oppression in our lives, we're going to be dragged down from that. There's not going to be that peace, which means that we're not going to be uh, free. We're going to be in bondage and not accomplish the things that we want to. So the first part of this battle is recognizing. We have to see, you know, we have to recognize if we're not getting where we feel that we, we want to get spiritually, we have to look and see, is there any demonic oppression in our lives that is going to uh, keep us, to, to kind of tie us down and see. And then, and then we repent of this. But, the, you know, there's the elders in the church, and, and we're going to be talking about this a lot uh, in, the, in the future, because our ladies just went to a conference that was similar to this about uh, spiritual battles. And uh, we want to be free. You know, we don't want to have this oppression constantly weighing us down and not feeling like we are able to, uh, to be able to get anywhere. I wanted to take this message and also tie it in a little bit with what Pastor uh, Curtis uh, talked about last week, and he was he he brought out a very good point last week, which really kind of d- delves into these spiritual battles. He was talking about you know racial injustice. He was talking about prejudice, hatred, and you know when our our nation is in general, not us specifically, but our nation in general is dealing with these. As spiritual battles. There's a spirit of hatred. There is a spirit of division. There's a spirit of prejudice. There's a spirit of disunity. Okay? And, and some of this obviously has creeped into the church. Alright? He talked about unity and how Christians, we have a lot of power, a lot of strength, and, and, and as Christians, as far as numbers are concerned, we have a lot of that strength, and yet at the same time, uh, we don't seem to have a major influence in our nation like we should. Right? And it's because of that lack of unity. Now, that's a spiritual battle too. If, if there's a, a spirit of disunity, if there is uh, a spirit of division, 
or a spirit of hatred or a spirit of prejudice, those spirits need to be dealt with so that we do have that strength. What what Curtis was saying last week is that there's a lot of other issues around. I mean, we the, the, the abortion uh, was the one that we have talked about uh, in the past couple of weeks and what has gone on in, in the state of New York. And, you know, why, with so many Christians in the state of New York, why do we, uh, you know, is this allowed? Why does this happen? Why, do, why is not, not that big stand from Christians against this thing. And it's because of that spirit of disunity. So it, it's really something that that spirit really needs to be bound. Um, God has given us the authority to do this. And Luke chapter 10, uh, it's just one verse, 19, verse 19. He says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So, he gives us the authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, and all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means have you. Alright, so... He's giving us that power and that authority. But we will only be able to fully use it if we are not yielding to any of the oppressed spirits that are keeping us uh, divided. And we don't seem to be able to have that unity. So it's a, it's a prayer request. You know, we have to first make sure we don't have any of those issues in our own lives, in our own hearts. Okay, there can be no spirit of disunity, no spirit of prejudice, no spirit of hatred. Because if we're dealing with any of that, obviously it's going to have to, we're going to have to deal with ourselves first, but then the church in general. And that's going to be uh, a, a, just a prayer request uh, that, you know, that we're able to, uh, to do that. So, as we go through the this week and in the weeks to come to try and see is there anything in our own lives that is are, is oppressing us and you can ask for help in uh, how do you deal with it you know if you you, you say oh, well I have I'm dealing with this whatever it might be you know I don't know what to do about it and uh, we are going to be talking more about it, but if, if you don't want to wait until we talk more about it in the future, um, you know, you can talk to any of the elders. Uh, I know Tim and Jenny are always available to, you know, to talk with by Joe and, uh, and to, um, uh, to overcome this because we don't want to be weighed down. We, we want to have that freedom. We don't want to be held in bondage so that we don't accomplish the, the work and the things that God has for us.